2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. On a Wednesday night, this whole year on Wednesday night, we've been studying on healing. We studied many ways to be healed. We know that it's God's will that we stay healed. That it's God's will because he laid it upon Jesus Christ upon the cross and he took our sicknesses, he bare our infirmities. He took it so we know that it is the will of God, it is in the redemptive work of God and that Jesus Christ himself has provided everything that we need for our healing. Praise God. And we studied many different ways to be healed and for the last three weeks, we have studied hindrances to healing. Now, when I teach along the lines of these hindrances to healing, I am not teaching them for us per se. I'm not teaching them for us in this church, but I'm teaching them whereby you may minister to others, for you know how to get your healing. You know how to receive from Almighty God. And if we're going to be effectively... We're going to be effective in teaching healing to others. We're going to have to be able to answer questions that come up. And we're going to have to be able to answer them. When that, and they've got legitimate questions. And they've been taught different things about healing, that healing passed away and every, every kind of thing in the world. They've been taught all these things. People have, and their questions need to be answered and answered scripturally if we're going to help people. Amen? Amen? Praise God. All right, last week we studied upon Job, one of the one of the two main things that people always bring up about healing that, and they have been unscripturally taught is about Job and about Paul's thorn in the flesh. So tonight we're going to talk about Paul's thorn and we're going to go through some scriptures. You know, one thing that, that people need to, need to do first of all, when they're studying about any subject, they need to use their head and not take everything that the preacher says or any one man, if he's a prophet, priest, no matter what he is, take and, and follow him and be very judgmental about people when they're preaching. You judge what comes out his mouth. I mean, if he's not lining up right with that scripture, just, just kind of back up and just put it on the shelf a little while. Just hold, wait, wait on that. Now, if a person's going to Teach something out of this Word of God. Be sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that it is taught scripturally according to the Word of our Almighty God. See, God said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Now, he's not talking about two or three preachers. He's talking about two or three different scriptures in the Word of God. A young man told, uh, told a friend of mine the other day, he said, Well, I can't come to your church. Uh, uh, anymore, said uh, 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 my wife and another lady told us that we're supposed to go out of town to a church. And he said, you know, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. Well, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking, I don't care if it's prophesied on you twice by the most famous 
evangelist by the most powerful prophets in the land. That's not the way that you be led anyway. You're led by the Spirit of the Almighty God. You're not, you're not led by things like that. And people get things like that crosswise uh, in their teaching and, and get misled. So we want to we look at Paul's thorn in the flesh, what it was, exactly what happened about it, and just just totally look into the thing. Now let me say this before we get into this. No Christian, no Christian can believe beyond his actual knowledge of the Scriptures. Amen. You cannot believe, you cannot have faith in something you've never heard preached. Do you know that? You, there is no way you'll have faith in it. He said Romans 10 and 17, Now faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now if you've never heard it, you can't have faith to be healed. Amen. Do you know that? You cannot be healed uh, without the faith to be healed. If you don't believe in it, then you can't be healed. Most people... Most Christians have never heard one message on divine healing. Do you know that? They have never heard one message. Do you know that? Didn't you ask people, uh, Christians all over? They've never heard one message on healing other than the negative side. Well, God heals sometimes. They've heard, well, you never know what God will do his mysteries to perform. That's not in the Bible. See, it sounds Elizabethan or, 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 or King James is there, but it's not. It's not in the Bible anywhere. And they've heard, well, it's, you know, you always pray if it be thy will, and the minute you put the if it be, you've done nullified your prayer. So, you know, he said in James 5, 14, he said the prayer of faith that healed the sick, didn't he? He didn't say the prayer of doubt. He didn't say the prayer of hope. He did not say the prayer of if it be thy will. He didn't say that. He said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The prayer of faith will do it. And without hearing the positive word of God taught as Jesus taught, as the disciples taught, as the apostles taught, unless you teach it as they do, you'll not have a positive word and your faith won't rise up and you won't reach out and receive what's rightfully yours. See? So many times people, you know, want to hope and pray. And, and, and really in the back of their mind, they've heard teachings like God allowed Job to be sick and God actually put the devil on, on Job. And, and, you know, nothing can come to you unless it comes through God's hands and all these kind of things. And they've heard about Paul. He had a thorn in the flesh and he prayed and prayed and God wouldn't heal him. He prayed and prayed and God wouldn't heal him. You know, and they've heard this. They've never looked to the scriptures and actually found out what the word says. So you must find the word. These questions will come up if you minister healing to people. Those are the two main things that always comes up. Those questions always come up when I'm ministering, especially to denominational people, is Job and Paul's thorn in the flesh. So you need to know how to answer people. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Or y'all find 2 Corinthians 12th chapter. Start in the first verse. Said it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. 
I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body. I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up unto the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. said, God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Praise God. Let's pray. Holy Father, now we're asking for insight this night into this word of the living God. We're asking for the anointing which reveals the true word to us. We're asking that the spirit of the living God give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the mighty knowledge of the Christ and that you may unveil to us exactly what it means when Christ was raised from the dead and show us exactly what it means by the grace of God and what it means that Jesus has already totally delivered us from anything of the enemy. We ask these truths to be revealed to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right, starting in the first verse again, he said, it's not expedient for me doubtless to glory. He said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul wrote over half of the New Testament. He received this revelation. He knew not Jesus Christ in the flesh. He was not an, an apostle in the sense that the other 12 or other 11 were. He was not in that sense because he did not have a part of the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry. But he was called out of due season of time to minister to the Gentiles and to present to the body of Christ exactly what Jesus Christ has already done for us from the time he was on the cross until he sat down at the right hand of Almighty God and totally assumed lordship of the church. Now this is the revelation and these are the visions that Paul the apostle received from Christ. He said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years, whether in the body or not, I can't tell. He said, I don't know. He said, this thing I don't know. 
And he was caught up to heaven, sat down with the Lord Jesus Christ, and Jesus himself taught him and showed him exactly what happened to him on the cross. What happened to him the three days, the three nights in the spirit world. He showed him what exactly happened to him in the spirit world while his body lay up in the tomb. What happened to his spirit and where it went and everything about it. This is, the, this is what, he, what he received from Christ. All right, turn with me. Hold your finger there. We'll be right back. Turn over to the book of Galatians, just uh, one page over in the Copeland Bible. Uh, Galatians, the first chapter. Look in the 11th verse. It'll explain exactly what... Paul's talking about, about in Corinthians there. The 11th verse, he said, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation. Jesus himself revealed this thing to him. Look in the... Uh, Look in the second chapter there. First verse. He said, then 14, he's explaining how he received this revelation. He said, then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took uh, Titus with me also, I went up by revelation. He went up to the apostles which were at Jerusalem and he carried to them this revelation to the church. He carried this thing up there and he taught what happened to Jesus Christ in the spirit to the earthly apostles that walked with Jesus Christ in his physical earthly ministry. He taught this thing to them. They did not understand what happened. They didn't even know what was going to happen on the cross. They did not understand that Jesus himself was totally going to uh, annihilate everything in the spirit of man and start over with a new creation. All that come about by the teaching of the apostles. Paul that he received from Jesus, see. All right, he goes on, he says, he says there, uh, after he received this revelation, the first verse, then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me, and I went up by revelation and communicated with them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. He said, the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. He said, I went and told them about this revelation, but privately I sat down with the apostles. I sat down with them, and we went over this thing, and I explained what I got from Jesus Christ. Privately he done that. On down in the sixth verse there, he said, but of these who seem to be somewhat whatsoever they were, it makes no matter to me. You know, he, he said he didn't mind whether they was apostles or what. Their reputation didn't mean a whole lot to him. He, he wasn't doing it just to honor them. He said, God accepts no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. He said, what the apostles, Peter, James, John, Matthew, all the apostles, they added nothing to the 
gospel that he preached, when he told them about the revelation that he had received from Christ, they knew it to be true because their spirits received this. Their spirits received and they knew it to be true because Jesus Christ had told them part of this in his earthly ministry. And the Holy Spirit brought it back to them. They said, that's right, yeah. That's got to be right. That's got to be right. Do you know the Apostle Paul is the only one that explains the Garden of Eden? With any sense, with any sense, if you, if you just get over and start in, in Genesis and start reading about the, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, first thing you know, you just, you know, he's an apple eater, and that's about the end of the thing. But he explains exactly what happened to Adam and what happened to mankind and why Jesus Christ had to come and he had to totally annihilate the old man that was in, in, in man. He had to be destroyed. Man had to become a new creation inside, in spirit. See, Paul got these revelations. All right, turn back to the 12th chapter there of 2 Corinthians. First verse, he said, Now it's expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He had received this. He had received visions and revelations. I've heard people say, Well, you know, I'm kind of like Paul. You know, I've got a thorn in the flesh. The first thing I do is I ask them, I say, Well, have you been given to visions and revelations? See, because these people were given, Paul was given to revelations and visions. The fourth verse there said, How that he was caught up into paradise, heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. He says, Of such one I, I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Well, a lot of people say, Well, now wait, now that he, he said he gloried in his infirmities. And they use that word as sicknesses. See, the Bible says, Study to show thyself to prove. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have to study these scriptures. Amen. You have to study them. In the Greek, that word infirmity there, in Vines Expository Dictionary of New Testament words, says that infirmity there means an inability to produce results. He said the same word is used over in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities when we know not what to pray for as we are. When we don't have the ability to know how to pray, the Lord intervenes for us. He said uh, he didn't have uh, some, some ability there Amen. is what he's talking about. He's not talking about sickness any kind of way. All right, the seventh verse. He says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the, of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Who gave it to him? He said, The messenger of Satan to buffet me. The messenger of Satan. He did not say that God gave me a thorn in the flesh. So you've got to understand this. People think that God gave him that. And people will tell you, well, God wouldn't heal him. God wouldn't heal him. He put a thorn in his flesh to keep him from being exhausted. But it plainly states that it was Satan, the messenger of Satan, that came to buffet him. That word messenger there in the Greek is the word angelos, which we get angel from. 
It's translated 181 times out of 188 times in the New Testament, angel, and the, and the other seven times, different things. Four times is, is translated messenger. But most of the time, so what he is saying there is an angel of hell came to buffet me. An angel of the devil, a demon came to buffet me unless... It said, I'd be exalted above measure. One translation said that it might stop my joy. I'm telling you right now, the angel of hell did not stop his joy, praise God. Hallelujah. It didn't stop his joy. So we see here where, where the root cause. You know, like people always talking about Job, they think God got on Job. But they never go back to read that Satan got on Job. See, we need to go to the Word on these things. Praise the Lord. All right, let's, let's look back in the Old Testament. To the, hold your finger there. We'll come back to this, these scriptures here. But turn with me over to Numbers, the 33rd chapter. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. 33rd chapter. We'll get a reference on this thorn in the flesh, what he's talking about. If he was talking about cancer, if he was talking about carnage, or if he was talking about some eye disease or something that most theologians try to say, then neither why wouldn't he just come out and say, he, 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 he given to me sore eyes or pink eyes or, or, or some kind of disease. No, he didn't say that. He said he was given a thorn in the flesh. How many of you know, how many of you realize exactly what Paul said? Do you know you've got an enemy arrayed against you that wants to put a thorn in your flesh and every time you look around, it's trouble trying to come in and pressure's trying to come in all the time. If you live in this world, sometimes you get up and the pressures will be so, so, so much in this world, you can't hardly stand them. That's what he's talking about there. A special messenger came to buffet him everywhere he went. There was, there was trouble. He was, he was stoned to death one time. They drug him off outside the town one time. Saints gathered around and went to pray, and he come live and went on by his business preaching, though, didn't he? You know, if he, when he was raised up, if he hadn't been healed, he couldn't have preached, could he? You know, I never have seen God just, you know, half do things. Art 33rd chapter of of Numbers, look in uh, the 50th verse. Thirty-three and fifty. It said, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plain of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all, all, A-L-L, all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places, and ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land, and and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it, and ye shall divide the land by lot for an inheritance among the families, and, and to the more ye shall give the more inheritance, 
and to the fewer ye shall give less inheritance. Every man, every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth according to his tribe of his fathers ye shall inherit. But if ye will not, he said, if you will not totally destroy the inhabitants of the land, if you will not destroy their pictures, all their image, if you will not do this and drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides. Do you see what he's saying there? There will be something constantly irritating you and they did not drive them out and they continually had problems with them. Amen? Praise God. All right, turn with me over to Joshua. The 23rd chapter. Joshua 23. There's maybe three, four, five different references in the Old Covenant, Old Testament, about thorns in the flesh, thorns in the side, thorns in the eye, different ones, but we're going to read a couple of them, Joshua uh, 23 and 13. We'll start, look back in the 10th verse there, and we'll uh, just read them three verses. He said... One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised you. He said, one man of you shall chase a thousand. Read what a one man can do under the new covenant. Huh? Huh? Hallelujah. 11th verse said, take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God, else if you do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of those nations, even those that remaineth among you, and shall marry, shall make marriage with them, and going in unto them, and they unto you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no more divide out any of these nations from among you. But they shall be a snare and a trap unto you, a scourge in your sides and thorns in your eyes. Well, you know, you know for sure that, that there wasn't a thorn sticking in anybody's eyeball. You know that. Uh, isn't that right? They didn't walk around with thorns sticking in their eyeball. No, it's a figure of speech, just like I say. You know, that boy is a pain in the neck. I'm telling you, he's just a pain. That, that fellow's something else. Well, that's exactly what he's saying. He said, this thing is a pain unto me. This thing is a thorn in my flesh. This thing's a thorn to me. Oh, me. He said, oh, this, this thing is bad. And, and he said, I went to the Lord about this thing. All right, turn back over there to the second chapter of... Uh, second book of Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Aren't you see what he's talking about there? He's not talking about some kind of fleshly thing. The eighth verse said, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might that it might depart from me. He said, I went to the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Beck's translation said, Three times I begged the Lord to have him leave me alone. Three times I went to the Lord and asked him to make him leave me alone. 
Hudson's translation said, went to the Lord for, to ask for the soul to leave me. He said, he's talking about a soul. He's talking about an adversary. He's not going to the Lord to ask him to heal him. He's not praying the prayer of faith that saves the sick, is he? He's going to the Lord and he asked him, what did he ask him? He said, well, I went to the Lord and begged him three times to have him leave me alone. What was the Lord's answer? The ninth verse. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Well, someone said, well, grace is, you know, you just kind of endure the thing. No, grace is not that. Grace is not that. If grace is sufficient for him, then it must be something pretty good, isn't it? Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. All right, the word grace. The word grace is, is C-H-A-R-I-S in the Greek. Charis. It means that which bestows pleasure. Delight or causes favor. Do you know we got favor with God? Amen. Hallelujah. He said, we got favor with you. got favor with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll tell you what, over in the 16th chapter of Acts, you know what Paul did? Uh, a little girl that had a spirit, an evil spirit that kept on, kept on, and kept on every day. She said, these are the sons of the Most High God that uh, preached the way of salvation and kind of dogged him and, and, and continually said that. He got tired of it and turned around and told her, said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her and spoke to the spirit. i tell you what, he knew how to speak to some spirits. Now, he may didn't speak to him right there, but I guarantee you he was speaking to him before it was over with. Amen. Amen. All right, this word grace means that which is bestows pleasure, delight, or causes favor. God's redemptive mercy is what grace is. Amen. It is the sum total of all the earthly blessings of God. That's what grace is. It is the sum total of all the blessings of God. That's the grace of God. Do you know, I'll tell you on the front, it's not any uh, uh, blessing to have cancer. It's no blessing to have sickness. It's no kind of blessing to have disease. You know, I don't care what anybody tells you, it is no blessing to, to lay up and be ill and, and let Satan rob you of your health and all these things and think that's some kind of blessing. See? See, it's no blessing. So we know that his grace is a blessing. Grace, now let me explain something to you. Grace is what God the Father has already done for us in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what he's telling Paul. You, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. What is my grace? Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and every knee has to bow in heaven and earth and under the earth to that name of Jesus Christ. He said, now you go in my name. You cast out devils. You cast out devils. You pray all you want to and ask the Lord, Lord, get the devil off my back and he'll never do it. He'll never do it. He'll be on your back. I was in a church one, one time, and the pastor's wife, full gospel, supposedly the full, full gospel church, and the pastor's wife, uh, daughter got up, and she said, Oh, pray for me that the Lord will get the devil off my back. He has been cold trailing me all week. You know, and I thought, 
Oh, and they prayed. Oh, and they got out, and she cried, you know, cried. Oh, so that I can feel his hot breath at times on my neck. Oh, man, and she cried, you know, and cried more, and they just got all been out of shape, you know. Well, you can cry all you want to, and you can beg, squall, hoot, and holler all you want to, but when you turn and use the mighty name of Jesus, and you have the authority to do it as a son of the living God, you've got the authority to speak to Satan in, in Jesus' name, and he must flee. He has no other rights. He has none. If you're right with Almighty God and turn and use that name, he must flee as in terror. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. So he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Well, what is grace? Everything that God did for us in Jesus Christ. Amen. What did he do for us? He raised us out of a kingdom of darkness and transplanted us in the kingdom of light. What is grace? Grace is that which when you receive Jesus Christ, no longer do you have the spiritually dead nature, but you have the life, the nature of Almighty God. That's the grace of Almighty God. What is the grace of God? No longer do I have to be under the jurisdiction of the evil one, but he's raised me up and even set me in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You say you deserve that? No, we did not deserve it, but it's ours because of Jesus Christ. Everything that, 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 that we get in this life, we get because of Jesus. Not because of you and because you're the best fellow in the world or the worst fellow in the world. That has nothing to do with it. His blessing you is because of Jesus. And all you have to do is enter into the faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, turn with me over to 2 Timothy, the third chapter. See, all we need, really need to do about some of these things, just think about them and go to the Scriptures and read them instead of listening to somebody's commentary. And listening to Dr. Orangutan's commentary on, on Job and Dr. Orangutan's uh, big long commentary on Paul's thorn and he, 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 you get through li listening to Dr. Rangtang he'll have a, a thorn three foot long and God's just sticking poor Paul every time you look around hear some of them tell it see well I, you know that ain't my God amen amen praise God Second Timothy the third chapter look in the 10th verse he said but though but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering. That don't mean he's suffering with sickness. How many of you know what long-suffering is? That's when someone calls you a cult and you put up with it instead of hitting him right between the headlights like you'd like to. <laughs> That's called long-suffering. That's called long-suffering. You know... I told my wife one time, long time ago, I said, I'll put up with anything. I don't care what it is. I'll take any kind of view. I don't care what it is. But nobody better not call me an occult. Son, that, that won't sit good with me. I won't put up with that now. Well, guess what happened? See? But he done waited too long. He done overplayed his hand. I done learned some things about the evil one and how he operates. And I thought, it, I thought it an honor to be called that 
for Jesus Christ. I thought he'd honor to suffer persecution for the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Hallelujah. Already said persecutions, uh, love of first said persecutions, afflictions, which came upon me in uh, Antioch, Icapernum, Lystra, what persecution I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. He didn't say, well, now he left me under that, and I prayed, prayed three more times, and it didn't work. You read no more where he prayed about the thorn in the flesh. It doesn't say he continually prayed this, and finally when he was 105 years old, he finally died, and the thorn was three feet long. No, it don't say that, does it? Or he said, all these things, out of them all the Lord delivered me. He didn't say out of half of them. He did not say out of two-thirds of them. I read an article by national, uh, nationally known teacher of the Word not long ago. And the name of the article was How to Get God to Deliver You Out of Half Your Problems. That was the name of the article. And I asked a fellow, you'd say, well, anybody knows that wouldn't be right. I asked a fellow that was coming to this church, I said, did you get that, that paper? Oh, yeah, 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 I sure did. Sure got it. I said, did you read it? He said, yeah, I read it. He said, it was the best article I believe I ever read. And I thought... Boy, you've been sitting under my ministry, and that's what I've been teaching, and you don't know any better than that? Now, that did make me kind of where I'm there now, I'll tell you for sure. Hallelujah. All right, let's read that 11th verse again. It said, Persecution, afflictions, which came upon me at uh, Antioch, Icapernum, Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. 12th verse. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Hallelujah. He didn't say, now he's going to deliver you out of the persecution, didn't he? He said, in the world, John 16, 33, in the world you shall have persecution, you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Don't worry about it. Go through the thing. Go through the thing. Don't be worried about it. I'll tell you what, the whole world is under persecution. The whole world is going through trials, tests. I mean people in the world. And if Christians can't go through it and come out victorious on the other side, what are we going to show the world? Amen. Amen? We need to get our eyes off the problem, get them on Jesus, and know Jesus has already opened the door to victory and just walk in his victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said, out of all of them. Hallelujah. Well, most people that I run into that have been taught about healing, they've received negative teaching. They've received teaching that will nullify their faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they've received teaching. The main thing that I've heard taught about Paul's thorn in the flesh is that he had an oriental eye disease. An oriental eye disease. And this, uh, the name of it is 
Mm-hmm. Oriental. <laughs> o Ophalmia. O P A O P T H A L M I A. I read, I read, I read documents where theologians would teach this thing that this is what he had. This disease would cause, finally cause blindness. He'd totally be walking around blind, but he would, it would be a continual, uh, a, a continually a corruption and pus coming out of the man's eyes all the time. All the time. This continually happened all the time. And this, this is what, I know I've talked to a many a pastor and they believe this very thing right there. And uh, they'll carry you to a scripture over in Galatians. Turn with me over to Galatians, the, the uh, fourth chapter. This disease, I looked it up and it said it's very painful with pus continually running out, a, 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 a continual pus discharge and caused partial blindness and would finally cause total blindness. That does not sound like a man of power and faith to me. Amen? Amen. Does not. All right. And, 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 and most people that, I, that believe along these lines start with Galatians, the fourth chapter, and the 15th verse. Let's, let's, let's start in the 12th verse. 412. He said, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am. For I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. Now he's writing to a Galatian church that had left this teaching of who they were in Christ, this revelation that he preached to them over there in the first part of Galatians. He said, I painted such a picture of the risen Lord and his victory over Satan. He painted such a picture of this thing, a vivid picture. He said, now they've left this. And, and they've been deceived. He said, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as ye are. Ye have not injured me at all. You know how through infirmity of flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first. You say, well, what was that infirmity right there? I don't know. It might have been sickness. I'm more, I, would, I would say, if it's my opinion, that it was a sickness, that he was sick there. I'm telling you right now, I've preached out of this pulpit right here with infirmity of flesh. I've had sickness on my body and me stand in this pulpit and preach before you. I doubt if any of you could ever tell it either. Unless I said it out of my mouth right now. And I wouldn't be saying it now unless, uh, except for an example. But that don't mean that I'm sick now. And that don't mean I kept it. All right, he says right here, 13 first, you know how through infirmity of flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first, and my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Jesus Christ, as Christ Jesus. Where is, uh, where is then the blessedness you spake of, for I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have, and have given them to me. Theologians say, well, 
He came with infirmity of flesh and he had this oriental eye disease. He even said right there, why, you'd have plucked out your eyes and given them to me if, if you could have. Now, I know, you know, that's awful shallow. Now, that's awful shallow. You know, Paul would not have uh, had anybody to disfigure his body. Isn't that right? Then he said, you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hadn't you ever told anybody, said, oh, I, I, man, I, if I could, I'd give you my right arm. Or if I could, I'd give you my left arm. You know, you're just as a figure of speech. That's what he's saying here. Can you see that? All right, look over the sixth chapter of Galatians. The sixth chapter of Galatians, the eleventh verse. I have written unto you with mine own hand. Heard many teach along them lines that see, Paul had to write with large letters because he had eye trouble. He had to write, you know, large letters because his eyes were bad and he had this oriental eye disease. No, that's not what he said at all. Let's read that eleventh verse. You see how large a letter. He didn't say large letters. He said, how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. What is he saying? Paul is actually saying right here, I wrote this letter to you Galatians in mine own hand. That's all he's saying. Do you know Paul never read, uh, uh, never wrote any of the other letters with his own hand? He dictated them to the scribes and different uh, 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 men of God. Turn over the, the last, the end of Galatians. I'll prove to you what I'm saying. End of Galatians. After the 18th verse, many reference Bibles. Most all of them have little notes under there. In mine it says, unto Galatia, Un, unto the Galatians written from Rome. Does any of y'all have any notes like that in your Bible? What does is, what is someone else say? What does yours say, Bob? Same thing. All right, turn with me. Turn with me back to prove, prove the point. Just turn with me back to 1 Corinthians, the last chapter at the end of that. We're close. Or just turn to Romans, end of Romans, first, first of Corinthians and last of Romans. Prove to you what I'm saying. Romans 16, 27, the last verse said, To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And then the... the the writing, the little writing where this book come from, it said, written to the Romans from, uh, from Corinthians and sent by Phoebe, sent by Phoebe, the servant of the church at uh, Censoria. She had written the book. All right, turn with me over to the end of 1 Corinthians. He had dictated it. End of 1 Corinthians. It said the first epistle of the Corinthians was written from Philippi by Stephanus and Fortuna, Fortunus and 
Achaeus and Timotheus. He said it was written by them. Do you see what I'm saying? Paul said, look, I wrote this, this letter to you Galatians in my own hand. I wrote this specially to you. I wrote it with my own hand. He didn't say, look, I'm blind and I'm about to go blind. I wrote you a large uh, one with big letters in it. He said, no, a large A letter that I've written with my own hand. You can follow that right on through. Uh, look at all when you, when you have time. Just go through all of it. The second epistle to the Corinthians said, written from Philippi, a city in Macedonia by Titus and Lucas. It was written by Titus and Lucas. You go right on through there and, and it, it, it explain who had written these things. Paul dictated all the letters that he wrote except Galatians. The book to Galatians. And, and he wrote that with his own hand. You know when he was writing over there in a 1 Corinthians, 11th chapter, and the 28th verse, 29, 30. He, he was writing them. He said, to examine yourself when you take uh, communion. And he said, many are sick, many are weak, um, and many sleep because they discern not the Lord's body. He went on to explain that. And they didn't say, well, well how come you're sick? If we're taking this unworthy and some of us sick and some of us premature to death, they didn't say, well, how come Paul's sick then? No. They'd have had a right to, wouldn't they? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right, turn with me to Acts, the ninth chapter. Acts, the ninth chapter. See, you need to write these scriptures down. So that when, when, when people bring these questions up, you can answer them right out of the scriptures. You can just turn right to them. Uh, when, when, uh, I first started teaching on healing, I, and I was witnessing all the time, I'd write such things like this. I'd write Paul's thorn over here, and in my Bible, I'd write, have me said made scriptures where I could help the old boy. See, we're not trying to prove we're right, and somebody else is wrong, and their doctrine's right. We, I care less about my doctrine, your doctrine, anybody else's doctrine. All we're interested in is helping people come to Jesus and setting them free from the hand of Satan. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't the ninth chapter of uh, Acts 16th verse. He, uh, Lord appeared uh, to a man named Ananias, just a disciple, in a vision, and told him to go in the street called Straight and seek one Saul of Tarsus. And a uh, 16th verse, he said, what to tell him? He said, for I'll show him I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Well, some have said, well, he, this is the suffering that he, he received was this thorn in the flesh. It was a sickness, and he labored under sickness. Now, let me read you this. Out of 15 different words translated suffer in the New Testament, out of 15 different words translated suffer in the New Testament, not one applied to a Christian pertaining to sickness or disease. Not one of them pertaining to sickness. Not one of them pertaining to disease. Not one time when he mentioned suffering in the Bible. Not, not one of them out of 15 different words. So we see he wasn't talking about he's going to suffer with sickness there. 
Amen. 17th verse there. He said, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, has sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Didn't he say, Receive thy sight? Well, if it had been some kind of disease that, that, that he has had and he was given a message to Satan and it was, it was some kind of oriental eye disease, he wouldn't have received his sight. Amen? This other disease caused partial blindness, then final total blindness. No, a thousand times no. Hallelujah. All right, look over in the 14th chapter of Acts. 14th chapter of Acts, the 7th verse. It said, there they preached the gospel. There they preached the gospel. You know what Romans 1.16 says? You need to read it out of Schofield's Bible. He has notes on, on, on Romans 1.16. He's it says, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. He preached a powerful gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Or he said, there they preached the gospel, and there sat a man of, at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, had never walked. The same heard Paul speak. The same heard Paul speak. Now, how many of you think if I got up here and something wrong with my eyes and I couldn't see and someone had to lead me in here and lead me up here and I say, now, all you blind folks come up here and I'm going to pray for you. Well, this how many would have come up there? Huh? All right, he said the night first, the same man that was crippled heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceived that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up right on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. Now this, this does not sound like a man that's sick, does it? 11th verse said, And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down unto us in the likeness of men. Man, Paul looked like a god to him, didn't he? He looked like a Greek god unto him. He, he didn't have anything wrong with his countenance, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, Luke 4, 8, 4, 18, when Jesus went into Nazareth, he went in and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Isn't that what he said in the seventh, seventh verse there? And there they preached the gospel. Jesus said he went into Nazareth and, and he stood up and read. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to open the blinded eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So blinded eyes, eye disease is under the gospel. Amen? If it's anything, you know, I, we can get that out. You need to write them scriptures down that you know them now when, 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 you, uh, when you minister to folks. All right, turn with me to the 16th chapter of Acts. 16th chapter. This is about that little girl who had the spirit of divination. 
or a fortune-telling spirit. She was possessed. 16th verse, 16:16 said, and came to pass as, he, as we went to pray, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. Reference Bible says a spirit of python. Spirit of python. That means this, fortune telling. You know fortune tellings of the devil? Do you know hypnosis is of the devil? All these things like that are of the devil. You know, they had, here in town, at one of the leading churches, one of the biggest churches in town, they had a hypnosis come and hypnotize people to help them quit smoking. Now, isn't that a, isn't that a funny thing? Isn't that a funny thing? They are fooled with a spirit of python or a spirit of divination or an evil spirit to help them do something in the church. You know, we've got this thing backwards in areas. Amen. They had Jeannie Dixon one time. Had her to speak. Had Jeannie Dixon speaking, and, and, and she told herself in her book how that how that a snake come and appeared to her and wrapped itself around. A snake's never represented God. This woman, Jeannie Dixon, is not a prophet of God. She's a prophet of hell. She, she writes the horoscope and all that. I'll tell you something else. If you read that horoscope in the newspaper and fool with things like that, you're opening yourself up to evil spirits. Say amen to that. That's right. That's right. So this girl, a uh, damsel obsessed of a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying or fortune telling. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. Now that sounds like a pretty good little deal. I said, well, she's, she follows us. And she said, these are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. Every time they'd go to prayer, she'd come by and she'd say, these are the men. And just, just harassing them. Just harassing them. She was not, she wasn't saying it like, you know, oh, these are the most, uh, servants of the Most High God. Listen to what they say. She was making fun of them. She was persecuting in them, in other words. A messenger of Satan came to buffet him. A thorn in the flesh was given him. A messenger of Satan came. He had a special demon on his case everywhere he went. Man, don't you know he, Satan didn't want this revelation to get out and people in the body of Christ find out who they are in Christ? He said, unless he stopped my joy. Do you believe a man could stand up here and preach to you with a long face and sigh all the time and you believe anything about victory from him? Well, of course not. He'd like to stop Paul's joy. He'd like to stop him from preaching this gospel and getting out who we are in Christ Jesus. He'd like to stop that. But I tell you what, in this case right here, in 18th verse, said, this she did many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, he didn't say anything to her, he said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And, and he came out the same hour. Hallelujah. Praise God. My grace is sufficient. Hallelujah. Handle it yourself. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Turn with me to the 19th chapter of Acts. See, Christians don't need to be so gullible. 
and just swallow everything that comes along. I don't care if he's got DDT, PhD, and everything else nailed on his name. Amen? Amen. You know, we found out PhD must stand for post hole digger because I'm telling you on the front, some post hole diggers has got more sense than some of these doctor orangutans do. I'll tell you on the front. Amen? Amen. Amen. Some of these folk, you know, uh, I call them with them idealistic looking head, you know, long type head and they've got all these initials on their name and get up and expound from the pulpit. Where do you think such doctrine as, as Paul's thorn in the flesh was, was a sickness come from? It didn't come from the Word of God. It come from some man that's going to figure this out with his head instead of listen to the Spirit of God and under the anointing of Almighty God. It come right out of these pulpits. That's where it come from. People don't just dream those things up. Art the 19th chapter of Acts, in the 10th verse, Paul was preaching at Ephesus, and he stayed there two years. He said, this he continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelled in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jew and Greek. Two years' time. Didn't have a TV didn't have any kind of literature to pass out. Didn't have satellites. Two years' time, whole condemnation heard the word of, uh, of Jesus Christ. 11th verse. And he said, And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. By the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, and diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now this is a man... This is a man that they brought handkerchiefs, aprons, cloths to for him to pray over, and when he would send them out, people would be healed. Now you just stop and just think, just to, you know, don't not a whole lot, just use your brain just a little bit, two and two is four, just a little bit. Now you take a fellow that's sick and he's got eye disease, a contagious disease, a communicable disease disease that can be transmitted and you're going to bring him something to pray over while well, you burn it if you, you know we burn stuff like that we wouldn't we wouldn't put it on nobody i wouldn't want it on me you know if you got some kind of disease and it's can i don't want it on me anybody with any kind of normal sense ought to know that amen, amen. hallelujah praise god Amen. That's right. See, we need to think about some of these things. And people that do not think in the body of Christ will not go anywhere. Do you know God gave you your mind to think with? Amen. Every now and then, you know what you ought to do? You ought to just run through your multiplication tables. Ten, two is four. Two times ten is twenty. Use your head up there. Nine times nine is eighty-one. Use it up there. Put your calculator at the house and walk down the grocery store and depend on the Spirit of God to help you. And then add them up. Thirty-one and thirty-one. Sixty-two. Add them up in your head. Use your head. You know, I, when I was in the grocery store, I'd see people come to the store and wouldn't buy a handful of something why, you could have counted it up on two hands. You could say, well, that's 10 and 10, that's 20, you know. And he took two, he took shoes off and added the whole thing up, your toes and feet. And they had to have a calculator to add them up. Grown people, gone through high school with diplomas and can't use their head. God gives you your head to use, people. Hallelujah. And we in the body of Christ need to 
I think we ought to just rethink the whole Christian process. I believe that. What is this all about? What are we talking about? Are we talking about a God that's totally redeemed mankind? Are we talking about a God that every time you do something wrong, he's looking to get you and going to put a thorn on you? Mm, mm, mm. All right, he said that, that Paul, love of first, by the hands of Paul, said God wrought the miracles, but it is by the hands of Paul. Now let me tell you something. There is no man that I know that can pray over blessed claws and get somebody else healed that can't first of all stand for his own healing. Amen? Amen. Now you just think about it. Yeah, well, I ain't believe for somebody else. No, you can't. If you can't believe for yourself, you're not going to get somebody else healed. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to the 28th chapter of, of Acts. Twenty-eighth chapter of Acts, eighth verse. They were shipwrecked on the Isle of Miletum. Paul had been uh, look at the third verse. Paul gathered up some some uh, sticks. Third verse said, and when Paul had gathered up a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Now here, a viper was the most poisonous stake in that part of the uh, world. The barbarians, it said in fourth verse, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hanging on, on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Fifth verse said, and Paul said, He shook shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Now this don't sound like a man can't get his healing. How many of you, under the sound of my voice, if a snake bit you, you can stand for your healing? Huh? Does that sound like a man that does not know how to get his healing, that he's continually walking around with a discharge of pus out his eyes with some kind of physical ailment? This sounds like a man of faith that's walking in the power of the living God, knowing who he is, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look in the eighth verse. He said, And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever, and of a bloody flux. This man had, had the bubonic plague. This is the way they die. This is the last stages of the disease. This man's fixing to die. Do you know how contagious the bubonic plague is? Do you know how contagious it is? At times, it would spread through parts of the country, especially back during the Dark Ages, and it'd wipe out whole sections of country. It'd just wipe the whole thing out. Rats would kill that plague out, and it'd just kill them like flies. Now, this is a terrible thing right here we're talking about. He said he lay sick of a fever of the bloody flux, flux of whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Let me tell you something. Anytime you lay your hand on someone with a, that's dying with a bluebonic plague, friend, you've got something on the ball. Amen. Praise God, you know something. I'm telling you right now, we've proved without a shadow of a doubt that what Paul had was no physical sickness. What Paul 
your head. There's a messenger of Satan, and I'm telling you right now that he might have prayed three times to the Lord to remove it, but the Lord's grace was sufficient. Amen? Praise God. There is no chance that what Paul's thorn in the flesh was was never any kind of sickness. I say to the devil, ha, 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 on the lying devil that's produced such lies before the body of Christ. Do you know that ISIS laugh at him? Ha, ha, ha. On you, devil. You have, you have overplayed your hand. I believe in these last days, before the Lord Jesus Christ comes, that teaching like this will go forth all through the land, and people will receive this kind of word, and they'll rise up and grasp their healing and carry it out and minister it to the world as it's supposed to be ministered. Amen. I'll tell you what, this doesn't sound like a sick man to me. If it does, I wish there'd be more sick Christians that could do what Paul did. I know of over 80 churches that he established. I know over half the New Testament he wrote. I know that under his ministry, great men like Timothy, he started great things. I'm telling you, if a sick man could do that, what could a whale man do? Amen. Amen? See, someone needs to think about this. Someone needs to think about this and say, well, something's wrong. I don't believe a sick man. Look, my father was sick 10 or 12 years of my life from the time I was in the 5th or 6th grade until I, until I was in my 20s. My daddy lay flat on his back. He lay flat on his back. And I know what sickness will do. And I know this, that if a person thinks for one minute that God's allowed it or that God has placed that up on him, friend, he'll never receive anything from God. And if he think, well, he wouldn't even heal Paul, uh, you can, you can, if he wouldn't heal Paul, I guarantee you he's not going to heal you. Anybody with any normal intelligence to know that. But I'm telling you right now, he was already healed, praise God, because Jesus took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Amen. Praise God. Ha, ha, ha on the lying devil. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. We got his number, don't we? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 